Let's do it. Welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Altazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? It's got every one of our lines wide open. Go ahead and give us a call. Put you right at the top of the list. Get you an answer anything you might have. There you go. Right now is the perfect time to call because it always happens. Come 1058, <laughs> they're throwing us out of here and That's we still right. got a yeah. stand full of calls there. Yeah, it seems like just about every week we go out with calls on hold, and that's a shame. Of course, a lot of times folks can email me and get an answer to the question anyway, which is the other way to get an answer. That's right. You can always visit the website and get your questions answered there. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Easy way to remember that is to take the acronyms Altazan's Garage Company. Mm-hmm. That'll get you to our site. There's several databases you can search. There's also a contact bar. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night, and he'll get it back to you within 24 hours. Now, if you hadn't gotten him back within 24 hours, check the return address and send it again because if we get something with a wrong address, we're done. That's and it. you got to watch, too. Sometimes if you send it from work or something like that, sometimes they have filters on there that will filter it out. I know I got one back earlier this week. I sent a guy a reply, and it popped back something about server rejected. Mm-hmm. incoming mail or something so comes in a spam uh, or something of that right nature. he's just not going to get an answer so it's not that i didn't send it it's just that your server kicked Block it back it out. out for some reason so if you hadn't got an answer go ahead and resend it maybe resend it from your home computer and that way you're more likely to get the get answer back. back a lot of times folks send me emails and these guys are really thinking ahead and it ends up saving them just a whole bunch of money plus a whole bunch of heartache i know i got an email earlier this morning and gentlemen sent me an email and wanted to know what kind of brake pads I recommended for a Chevy pickup. I uh-huh. think he had like a 2003 or 2004 model, and he said he had 59,000 miles on it. Well, the first thing I wrote, I said, this might be a stupid question, but are you sure you need brake pads? And he wrote back, he says, you know, I'm glad you asked me that because I did look. I heard a little squeal. He says, but, man, you still got half the pad left or more. I said, well, yeah, those pads are ceramic. They generally last way long, right. way, way over 100,000 miles in that particular model. And what happens so often for someone who doesn't maybe ask, they go in, they hear a little squeak noise, so they figure pads are bad. They go to the parts store. The Jasper behind the counter recommends some kind of pad because he gets a spiff on it. Right. They go home. They see that. They say, well, they're really not worn out, but I got them anyway. I'm going to go ahead and put them on there. What they did is they just took off an excellent set of very expensive pads, put a cheap set of junk pads, that are going to cause nothing but problems. Right. Now they warp the rotors. They make noise. Make noise. Right. Black dust all over the wheels, squeaking, squealing, carrying on. And what they've done is created a problem where no problem existed before. Exactly. It happens quite often. It's not that they're, you know, I don't want to say that they're ignorant or anything. They just don't know. Right. And folks who don't know are really behind the eight ball in a high, high tech world. And there's few things more high-tech than automobiles today. I mean, it's almost almost impossible to conceive if you're not in touch with it on a oh. daily basis how much things have changed, how different things are. Basically, everything you ever knew is wrong now. Pretty much. <laughs> you can pretty much throw away everything you ever knew about a car. And we see that every day at the shop. Folks come in and ask for this, ask for that. And when you start explaining to them how it works now, you know, sometimes they believe you, sometimes they don't. But right. Nonetheless, believe it or not, it's there. <laughs> uh, and old habits are hard to break. Well, yeah, you may not believe you know? in electricity, but if you stick your finger in that socket, <laughs> it you will shock you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to get some information before some you correct start information. Proper information from someone who does not stand to gain by the decision that you make. Right. 
that's another real, real problem in the world today is that there's so many people out there who have incentives and this to tell you one way or another. So there's so much misinformation out there. There really is. It, there's, and the problem with that is there's so much information mm-hmm. that you don't know what is right and what is not. Well, that's right. My sister went to get an oil change a while back, and she had a little geo prism, I think it was. And the guy at the oil change place tried to pull this on her. He says, some of these are made in the United States and some are made in Canada. And yours is made in Canada. So it requires imported oil, <laughs> which is more expensive. So right. I know we advertise twenty nine ninety five, but yours is going to be fifty nine ninety five. Well, thank God she had enough sense to know better than that. She's, exactly. Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> <laughs> so she turned out. But that's just the kind of shy shit yeah. she got out there. It may even sound plausible to someone who just doesn't, doesn't know understand. Any I mean, obviously it works sometimes because right? he's, he's he using doing it. it. <laughs> but pop on there and see what you think. It's www.agcoauto.com. Put an article in there this morning on all changes. And I think that with all the technology on cars, there's one thing a person can still do themselves, and that's change their own oil. If you've got the knowledge and you're careful about doing it. Right, and they can possibly get a better job than they could get at most shops. Mm -hmm. I can believe that. The reason I would recommend folks to change their own oil if they have the wherewithal, probably save a couple dollars, but the biggest thing is to control the quality of the job. That's right. And this Mm -hmm. article goes into detail about some of the things that occur in oil change places. That most people don't think about. Well, inferior grade filters, bulk oil is not stored properly, so it's all full of moisture and dirt and dust Mm -hmm. and everything else stripping all drain plugs, so on and so forth. But for a very minimal investment, you could buy a set of roll-up stands, drive-up ramps, and an inexpensive torque wrench, and that's a job you could do on all of your family's cars. That's right. Doesn't take much time. And, And again, not a huge savings in price, but just a huge difference in controlling the quality of the job that you're getting. That's right. You know it's done right. That's right. You're in control of the job. so. And if you have to, get somebody to teach you how to the way to properly do it well sure and if you read this article i think it'll give you most of what you need to get a really good job mm-hmm. some things to look for how to check the oil what the different color oils mean about viscosity and so on and so forth not a real complicated thing today i guess young people growing up are not exposed to this at all i know you and i both our dads did that kind of stuff oh yeah three years old i'm under the car with dad and watching what he's doing that's it not only did it create a bond between my father and I, but it also gave me some skills that has helped me all throughout my life. Oh, most definitely. So if for no other reason than that, just to share some time with your son or your daughter, maybe just a good little all-around price, something you might want to think about, go on the website, look around, see what you think. Tons and tons of information. I guarantee you'll get tired of reading before you run out of stuff to read. That's right. And another thing, if you hadn't been on there in a while, you're going to be absolutely surprised at how much different it is each and every time you go to that site. Because I work on that just literally every night. We're doing updates, changing this, changing that, new photographs, new information, updating information. So you will always get almost a new experience almost every time you go on there. There's new things to see and new things to do. Pop on there and see what you think. It's www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O. I think you'll really, really like it. We'll go ahead and take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with more. Travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. 
I get... Hey, Jim, Becky said you were in the office and... Whoa, what is up with all the charts and graphs, buddy? Oh, I'm using my system I've developed to keep up with the maintenance on my three cars. Is that an armillary sphere? Yes, yes it is. So, the oil gets changed every third full moon. Brake pads divide the years Becky and I have been married by our oldest son's age. Timing belt is leap year, except when it's on y the time... You know of there's a better way, right? I just take my cars into Agco once a year for a general inspection. They give me an honest opinion on the maintenance and repairs I need. Sometimes it's just an oil change and they send me on my way. One time, they caught something that could have led to a huge repair. Saved me thousands. Wow, that sounds great. You know, I'm always trying to save money any way I can. Uh, let me get Agco's number online and I'll uh, give them a call. Is that dial-up? Dude, there's a better way to save money. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just joined us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us calls? And that's what Curtis did. Good morning, Curtis. Good morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. Hey, I've got a O2 Tahoe, and it does. The service engine light is on, and okay. I had to, had the code check, and it's a P zero four four zero. Okay, something to do with emissions. emissions, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. What is that, and how expensive is it to fix? Curtis, you'd have to check and find out why that code is setting. Basically, what that means is that the computer is trying to pull a vacuum on the fuel tank to test it and make sure it's not leaking, and it can't establish a vacuum. Now, I can tell you the most common reason for that code. There's a solenoid in the back called a vent solenoid. It's about midway down the truck, right in front of the gas tank, mounted around the charcoal canister, and that okay. solenoid fails a lot. But okay. don't go just change that without checking it first because that may not be it. It could be a vacuum line off. I mean, it could even be a bad gas cap. It could be a number of things. What it's saying is that the computer cannot draw and hold a vacuum on the tank. Now, let okay. me ask you this. Have you had a fuel pump replaced in it or anything? Um, not that I know. I got it a couple, maybe a year ago with okay. 150,000 miles Yeah, but this is the it. first time it's lights come on? Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times we get them where the fuel pump's been replaced, and when they change the fuel pump, if you don't have the right tool to take that big gland off top, they'll use a screwdriver and they beat it up and they bend that nut, and it'll start leaking around that O-ring, and that does the same exact thing. So there's probably a dozen things that can cause that problem. The most okay. common is that vent solenoid, though. Now, there's okay. actually an updated solenoid that GM has come out with. What happened, the original solenoid tended to suck water up if it was raining when it went through the EVAP cycle right. and spoiled the valve and even spoil the canister, even getting your fuel injectors under worst case. So what it is, came out with an updated part with a hose that you relocate the inlet filter on it. We do that repair quite a bit on them. And okay. it's probably around a $300 fix with everything. If that's the problem. That's right. include checking it to verify that it is, doing the update with the hose, relocating the filter and the whole smear. Without the proper equipment, though, you'd be chasing your tail. Yeah. Because I don't, that's, you're talking hundreds of a... Yeah, it's inches of water. Inches of water, yeah. And rather than inches of mercury. And an inch of water is about a tenth of an inch of mercury. So you got to have either a manometer, a smoke machine, a digital lab scope, and a whole lot of experience with the system. I mean, you can go throw, start throwing parts at it, but you just may not fix it. It's you know? just not something you're going to look under there and say, oh, yeah, that's got a hole yeah, in it. you won't see anything. Right. Now, is there any hurry in getting that fixed? Well, yeah, because, well, I, let me give you a couple of different scenarios why you want to get it fixed. Number one is, and possibly the most important, right now the light is on and you're ignoring it. 
So let's right. say something else occurs, like maybe a transmission kicks out of code. Well, if you're ignoring the light, you don't know that. I so then you. you end up burning up your transmission for something that could have been prevented. That's one. Number two, you will not be able to get an inspection sticker with it. And number three, it can, if it is the part I'm talking about, if you drive it in the rain, it goes to the EVAP cycle. It can suck water into the system and wipe out your fuel injectors. Uh-oh. So it's okay. go, it can get way more expensive. Right, so better to take care better of it. Better to go ahead exactly. and take care of it. I mean, I wouldn't say you got to run out and do it today, but probably right. within the next week or so, I'd try to get that taken care of. Okay. All righty? All right, hey, thank you. Okay, Curtis, thank you, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Mike on the line. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Doing great, doing sir. Doing great. Well, good. See, you're going to help me put my world back together. Sure. <laughs> All right, I got a 97 Chevrolet 350 three-quarter ton truck yes, that sir. I drive every once in a great while when I got to go to the hardware store. Yes, sir. And it seems to be every time I go to start, it won't fire up. There's no fuel in the intake. Let's drop a little fuel in, it fires up, runs fine. If it sits up for more than four or five hours, mm-hmm. Is it during the day? Mm-hmm. It won't start, but I can drive anywhere. And well, get now, in it. when you say it won't start, it just takes a while to start. No, I mean you can spin into eternity; it won't fire off. No kidding. The crazy thing is, I, I can make twenty stops that day, and as long as it sits for an hour and a half, I can shop all day and just. When you're trying to start times. it, when you're trying yeah. to start it, do you just sit there and hold the key over, or do you turn it off and turn it on, or, or no, both? No, I mean I, I roll it, I get off and roll it, get off, I roll it, and I just it'll I'll roll it, so it'll roll for five ten minutes. It will not fire off. Yeah, that's pretty unusual, Mike. Normally, what causes hard start on that engine is one of two things. One will be the fuel pump draining fuel back to the tank. The other will be the fuel pressure regulator leaking fuel into the intake manifold. Now. Uh-huh. The thing is, on either one of those, normally if you sit there and crank it, if you continually crank it, it won't start because it only runs the pump for a second, and you got to cycle ignition and turn it back to make it do it again. Right. I would think possibly if you're putting gas in it and it starts. Yeah, absolutely. Every time I do it, it'll fire right off. Could be the fuel yeah. pressure regulator is leaking into the intake manifold. Okay. And it's draining all your pressure off, but it could also be partially flooding the engine. That's the only thing I can think of that wouldn't start because – Next time it does it, just try this. Don't try to start it. There's crank it the first time. If it doesn't start, turn your key off, leave it off for about three or four or five seconds, then just turn it to on but not crank. Uh-huh. Let it sit there for a second, turn it off, and do that about five times. Yeah, I've done that. And you hit the key and it still doesn't start? It won't fire up. Yeah, it's not gonna be probably not going to be the fuel pump there unless it's just totally gone wrong in some kind of obscure way where it's not making enough pressure. The only thing I could think of that can do that, if you had two problems, one being the pump is weak, it's barely at the borderline of making enough pressure to run, and it's also bleeding back. Maybe the two of them are combining. But you'd have to put a fuel pressure gauge on it to solve that problem. What's the fuel pressure on? How much? I'd have to look it up. I'm not sure on 97. Probably 97, around. 97, around 60 to 62, I believe. Yeah. I, I think. No, no, with it cranking, with, with the key okay. on, key on pump right. run. Uh, at an idle, it'll be the same. Acceleration will go up slightly. I just don't remember. Some of the newer ones are around 47. The yeah. old old ones are around 12. That one, like Brian said, could be as much as 60. It, there's a specification for it. You'd have to look it up. The pressure is not as important as what happens when you turn the key off. The pressure immediately drops to zero. And then you turn the key back on, and it doesn't come immediately back up. You see, that's signaling a problem. Okay. So that's the way you're going to have to go about doing it. There's a small possibility 
that that may not even be a fuel problem. I don't know why putting fuel in it would make it start, though, but you just can't jump to the assumption that that's it and start changing parts because, man, you could spend a whole lot of money and it'd be something totally different. Try something next time. Do everything you're going to do, but don't put the fuel in it. Yeah. And see if it'll yeah. crack. Just well, wait. I, just wait about ten minutes sure. to see if no, it starts up. If you, you know, when you start taking it apart to dump the fuel down in the throttle body. Yeah. Do everything you're going to do, but don't dump the fuel. Right. Put it back together and see if it'll crank. Because you, you could be moving a wire you around. Be you could be moving a, a harness when you're putting the fuel in it. Right. And you got the two yeah, well, mixed up. Yeah. You know, I'm getting fuel in it. I'm actually using the tube off the side of the vacuum on the uh, valve uh-huh. cover, uh-huh. and I'm just sliding the hose back. I'm just pouring a little gas pouring in there. a little fuel into it, and it fires right up. Yeah, but I tell you what, yeah. I would just I would just wait and see. It just, it just doesn't sound like the typical fuel related yeah. problem. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's not. It could be because anything could happen, but it's not the typical fuel related problem that you see. I just yeah. just try and let it sit for the same amount of time. Do everything you normally do, except don't put gas in it and see if it starts. Okay, well, um, I'll give it a shot, guys. Okay. All righty, man. You. Thank you. Thank you. All Bye-bye. right. All right, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Michael online. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? Doing great, sir. Listen, I have a 97 Buick LeSabre, uh-huh. and I put about $900 in it, and it's still doing the same thing. Okay. And what it is is when I go down the road, and it just kills on me. Just in, the, I don't know why. I can't figure it How out. How often does that happen? Almost every time I drive the car. And I, you know, like the other mm-hmm. day, I took it to the um, right down Perkins Road, and it killed right there, at Perkins in College. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get it to start. The only way I could get it to start is pump the gas pedal. Well, that does that does absolutely nothing. It's just the time that passed that made it start. When you're pumping the gas pedal, that all you do is open and close an air valve. Oh, well, it's not gonna, it doesn't have an accelerator pump or anything. You're just going to have to get that to someone who knows what they're doing, Michael. If you just say, well, maybe it's this, and you'll change a part, and you say, maybe it's this, and you change a part, you'll run out of money before you run out of maybe, well, like maybe it's this. I spent about $900 That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And you, well, and having it tuned up. You, you keep on doing that, Mike. You're not ever going to fix this problem unless you get somebody who knows what they're doing and, and let them put some gauges on it and find out what's wrong with it. You may be creating another problem in the process. That's right. You go in and you say, well, maybe it's a fuel pump. Right. So you change and you put a substandard fuel pump on. Well, now it is a fuel well, pump, but that wasn't new. the original problem. Yeah. That's all new. Yeah, but is it good? Well, I'm, How do you know? I don't. Just there because it's new don't make it good. The right. fuel, it may have been the crank sensor to start right. with. You just put a junk fuel pump on it. Well, now you created a second problem. Right. So you can't just so, blindly go start throwing parts at it and say, well, that's new. That makes absolutely no difference. you got to okay. test it and find out what the problem is. Okay, now I've taken it to three different shops. Well, you ain't got the right one got, yet. Yeah, yeah, you hadn't found the right you one. You ain't found the right anybody? one. I suggest myself. Okay, where are you? I'll bring it to you. <laughs> just go on the Internet. Go to my website, at www.agcoauto.com. It'll tell you everything you need to know right Agco? there. Uh-huh. Agco? Uh-huh. Agco Auto. A-G-C-O. A-G-C-O. One of the things that we do see on that particular car a lot, Michael, that does that, is if they change the fuel pump and they get a little rough with the wires on it, they'll spread the terminals open, and oh. when they get hot, it'll, it'll expand and it'll drop out the signal and it'll it'll die like that. When it cools off, it'll start back up uh, 10, 15 minutes later. It? Oh, I can fix it. If it'll do it, if I can get it to do it, I can fix it. Okay, well, um, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go to agco.com, yep. and I'm going to find out your yep. phone number. Agcoauto.com. It's all on there. Everything you need, agcoauto.com. And I am going to bring it to you because yeah. I'm sick of it. I've been oh, yeah. messing with it for about four months. Well, right? you see, Mike, what happens, and I'm not trying to lecture you. I'm just telling you what happens in this industry is you got a bunch of guys out there who don't know squat, and they start throwing parts at it. 
they may be creating more problems and never ever fix the original. You got to be able to test. You got to know what it is. You got to find the problem. I kind of thought it was electrical problem. Could but be. I wasn't sure. Could be. See, it's got a crank sensor that can cause that problem. It's got a cam sensor oh, that can cause that problem. Oh, you know what I have done too? I've mm-hmm. changed the main computer in it too. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I that's say, not it. No, you, you change the spare tire, just ain't going to fix that problem. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> now, you're right. I bet you're going to find a wire connection somewhere. Like I said, as long as we can duplicate in the shop, we can find it. Okay, listen, I'll promise on I will bring okay, it. Okay, Mike. No, no deal. Okay, right. man. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Jeff online. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having my call. Love you guys' show. Thanks, Thank sir. you. My son's got an O2 Alero, uh-huh. and a couple of times uh, last week he said, Dad, when I try to start it, it won't start, and then I'll stop, and then uh, and then it will start. Mm-hmm. It cranks, it turns over, it, yeah. it acts like it doesn't get any ignition, right? So yeah. now, he went through about a week of that, and now it won't start at all. Okay, well, good. That's, that's good. That's, that's good. easy to find. <laughs> a dead man's easy to diagnose. You know, what you can do in that thing, Jeff, you were saying it feels like ignition. Well, that's falling down easy to, to verify now just go in there take one of the spark plug wires off hold it close to the spark plug get somebody to crank it and see if it's firing you know, kick, yeah, kick, I, kick, I kick. actually got one of those uh spark plug testers. well that's just that's, that's even, even better. better yeah just check and see if it. it's firing or not now if you got a spark forget about the ignition right okay now you got to put a fuel pressure gauge on it see if you got enough fuel pressure right now just by turning the key on that should pump up no it's gonna run the pump for about Two seconds, Two seconds, and then it's yeah. going to shut off. Because until it sees a crank sensor turning, it's not going to keep running the pump. So what okay. you'll have to do is take and turn the ignition back to off, wait mm-hmm. about five to ten seconds, right. turn it back on, you should hear the pump running. Right. And if you got a gauge on it, you can watch the pressure come up. Right. Do that three or four times so okay. you build all well, the pressure and up. And see, just because you don't have fuel pressure don't mean the fuel pump's bad. That's right. you got to see if you got power and ground going to the pump because the pump may not be getting commanded. Uh, I understand. I understand. Also, I've even uh, seen where they're out of gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I heard in, in from like uh, '99 to '04 on those mm-hmm. Aleros, they had a problem with the security sensor. That's in one the- thing. Could be. But again, uh, that's not going to keep it from starting. What it'll do, it'll start and die. Oh. Uh, it'll crank up and immediately die. Oh no, it's not doing that. Mm-hmm. Doing that. And and they say that security light has to be flashing for that. And I I tried that, and right. that's, that's not flashing. They also said hey, you can reset that whole system by Turn the key on, leave it on for 15 minutes. Right, it'll relearn. But yeah. see, that's going to be a start, die, start, die, start, die, because what will happen is that when it starts, the PCM looks at the BCM. It has to acknowledge the same signal. If it doesn't see that signal, it shuts it down, but it takes a second or two to do it. So okay. if, it's, if it's not starting and dying, it's not going to be that. All right, so with that fuel pressure gauge, if I right. turn the key on and let it pump up, turn it off, turn it back on, I should start seeing pressure. Correct? Exactly right. Exactly. Now you right. got to have adequate pressure. Yeah, got to be the just, right the right pressure. Just so because you have, to you look, have look some at the spec. So you, you could have forty pounds, and that may not be enough. Some cars will, you know, they run it maybe sixty. Well, they're not going to run it forty. So right. you got to look up the specifications, see what it's supposed to have, and make sure it's got enough pressure too. But okay. if you got the proper pressure. And you got spark. The next thing will be to check for like pulse on the injectors to make sure you're getting pulse. If you got pulse on your injectors and all that, then you need to check engine compression and those sorts of things. Gotcha. If it's dead, it ought to be relatively easy to find. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Okay, Jeff. Thank you, man. Thank you. Bye. Hi. If you want to be part of the automotive ride, we'd love to have you. James, hold on. We'll get you straight after the break.
Hey, Mike, heading out for your run? <laughs> I just knocked out three miles myself. Yep, did my meditation this morning to de-stress, and now I'm going to get a little exercise. Tomorrow I need to take the car into the shop, though. That shaking problem's getting worse. Uh, you know, you should take care of your car like you take care of your body, and it would save you some money. What do you mean? Preventative maintenance is key. Me and Kathy bring our cars in once a year to ADCO for a general inspection. They give them the once-over and perform the maintenance needed to keep us on the road. I haven't had any kind of major problem with my cars in forever. I guarantee they would have caught the cause of your shaking issue and fixed it before it became a problem. And probably saved me money, too. Yep. All right, I'm heading home this evening for steak and lobster. Then Kathy and I are going to test run our new hot tub. Surf and turf and a new hot tub? Yeah, and champagne. Saving money on your car allows you to enjoy the finer things in life, Mike, my boy. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Join us is the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alpazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. And we're going right straight to our phone line. James has been patiently holding. Good morning, James. Good morning. Yes, Good sir. morning. I have a question. There's a 2004 Lincoln Town Car. All right, sir. And the accelerator whistles when I accelerate a little bit. Okay. Okay. That's normally intake noise on that thing. Sort of a, almost sound kind of a little bit like a foghorn, like a kind of noise. Yeah, well, you know, like a low whistle. Yeah, like a low, dull whistle. That's yeah. noise in the intake manifold. They've had some trouble with that on those cars, James. At one time, they had a kit, but that was on an earlier model. I thought they right. had all that figured out by now. There's also the idle air motor will do that. Well, it, what it'll do is at an idle, it'll give you a sort of a whistle roar, but if you touch the pedal, it'll go away. If you do what? If you touch the accelerator pedal, it'll generally go away. All right, well, this would, yeah, I have to. This uh, is the opposite. This will come on when you give it a little bit of gas? Yes. The two things that I can think of, one will be noise in the intake, which is just going to be something that's loose or, you know, like a baffle that's loose in that intake, something. Right. One other thing, you might just check, try touching the brake pedal when it's doing it and see if it changes it. Okay. They've had some trouble with the with the brake boosters on those cars leaking, and that'll give you a whistle noise under the dash, and it's when you first accelerate, you'll hear it, or sometimes when you're letting off the gas on deceleration, you may hear it. But if you touch the brake pedal, it's going to change. It's either going to go away or change volume on it. Okay. One last thing to look at, James, on 04, you've still got some vacuum controls under the dash. You might try turning the AC on and off and switching, like, from vent to defrost and stuff and see if any of that affects it. Because there are you. some vacuum lines under the dash that can make a whistle. But between those three things, I think you're going to find a problem. Very good. All righty. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. All right. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Mark on the line. Good morning, Mark. Morning. Yes, sir. Good I morning. See all the time when I'm out running errands and stuff on Saturday. Well, thank you. Really informative show, and I've called you before about ceramic brakes. Okay, sir. But this time, I've got a 2006 Volkswagen Passat, uh -huh. and all I want to do is change the oil. Uh -huh. Now, the housing has a nut. I think it's a half-inch nut, and you got to have a socket for it. Okay. But there's no drain plug to relieve the pressure. And I'm concerned that if I just start unscrewing that filter housing because you replace the element, and I've got yes, the element. Yes, sir. No, it, once you there shut the no engine down, the it. pressure's going to drop off. I mean, you may give it five minutes just to make sure all the residual goes out of it. But it should not be pressure. It's not a pressurized system. Oh, it's not? No, so sir. No, can, sir. It's only so pressurized when the engine's running. Okay, so it, once it, I it, turn it off. Exactly. I, the oil's going to run back to the oil pan, and the pressure's going to drain off. 
Okay, because, you know, I've changed oil in all kinds of cars, and, you know, you're going to get even when you open up the cap where you right. put the oil to relieve, to, to relieve some pressure. I know when you after you drain the, the oil out mm-hmm. of the pan, mm-hmm. you still get a little bit. I just didn't want oil going everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you get a little bit of gravity feed, but there won't be any more pressure because when the oil pump quits turning, your pressure's going to drop off. It's going to drain back to the pan. i tell you what I have done that works pretty good in preventing a big mess there, Mark. Yeah. If you got an old, like a two-liter Coke bottle, if you cut the top out of it, peel the labels off, now you got your nice clear container. I take that and put it up over that filter and just uh-huh. squeeze it against the filter and use that to unscrew it. That way, if any oil blows out, oil flows, it catches it inside that Coke container. I'd have never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, that makes a idea. real neat, cheap little tool. And I, you know, I used to have one. I used to keep it in my garage, and I'd wipe it out each time I used it. But keeps that old hot oil from going everywhere. keeps you from making a big old mess. Right, and that's that's been the problem in the past, if, if, especially if I don't know exactly. Once I do it, I'll be fine. Right. Do you have that information on your website? Because I hadn't been to your website in a, uh, several months. Yeah, there's tons of stuff in there on change and all and everything else. I don't have anything specific to a Volkswagen in there, but, again, it's all pretty generic stuff. You might just go in there and read that article. The, okay. It'll be the first article in there about changing your own oil. I just put one on there yesterday, or actually this morning at 6 o'clock. And it's got a bunch of good pointers and tips in there. Okay, good. Is there a drain plug? I couldn't find it. I just want to make sure I'm not missing it. There is a drain plug on the engine pan, but not on the filter. No, the filter is going to drain itself. And it, it is kind of messy. Like I said, that's why I like to use that old two or three liter Coke bottle. That, that trick works. So there is no drain plug not for, for the filter. oil pan? For the pan, there is, yes, yeah. sir. Where is it? I I'm not it. sure. I, I don't if work I remember, on Volkswagens. If but. I remember right, Volkswagens got a lot of shields underneath them. You probably got to yeah, take all. Yeah. You got to take yeah, all do. that stuff off, and it should be a drain plug on the oil pan. There'll be one on there now. Some of the newer drain plugs, too, Mark, take a special tool to remove them. They'll have like a Torx bit, which is looks yeah. kind of like an Allen wrench, but it's not an Allen wrench. An Allen right. wrench will strip it. I, I got that. I got those. Mm-hmm. And and the German cars have their own, which is different right. from all the others. It's a finer and has more teeth in it. So. Just look at it and make sure you got the right tool to get it out of there. But there'll be a drain plug somewhere in there. You would think they'd make this stuff easier. (laughs) (laughs) Well, except for one thing. They really don't care about you and me. That's right. right. (laughs) They make it easy for them. All all they care is that next vehicle they're trying to sell. That's right. How easy is it to get it down the assembly line? And I 100% agree with you on changing your own oil because at least oh, yeah. if you mess it up, you did it instead of somebody well, else, right. and you know exactly what well, it did. you know you're getting the right oil. You know right. you're getting the right quality of oil. You're getting a good oil filter. You, right. you're cleaning you're out. You let right it drain long oil. enough to get all the contaminants out. You exactly. go to some of these little shops, like a five-minute type deal. Yeah. I mean, how long are they letting that oil drain? Right. All the worst contaminants are the thickest ones. They take a while to drain out. It's going to take more than five minutes for that pan to drain. My worst experience with those places is they didn't put my hat back on, and so here oh, I am yeah. going down the road spraying oil everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen that happens that. often. You know, I've seen them not put oil back in the engine. Wow. They called, called it yeah. all out. So they got a term for it. It happens so often. Yeah, it's called an all out. Gotcha. <laughs> Car goes well, out with all Thank you so in. much. I love your show. Well, thank you, Mark. Take care. Yes, Bye-bye. thank you. Bye-bye. I part of the automotive. I, we'd love to have you. And I got to agree with Mark. That is just Probably one of the best things you can do for yourself is to go ahead and change. And certainly, I realize a lot of folks aren't going to do it. That's you know, right. If you're, Just don't have the capability. Don't or have the, the capability. Don't the place, have the time. The, the place, place to do it. Yeah, you live in an apartment or something. Right. It's just not practical. And, and I'm not advocating it for everybody. But if you do have the wherewithal to do it, it gives you a lot more control over the quality of the job on your car. 
And it's a nice experience. It just gives you some skills that you can share with your children. Not to mention, you get familiar with your vehicle. That's right. You know where things are. You know what things look like. Well, and you don't have to worry about some goofus trying to say uh, every kind of wallet flush under the sun when you go in there where you need this and you need that and you need the other and screwing something else up or putting the wrong fluid in the wrong reservoir. Plus, you're under the car. You're looking around. Maybe you spot something. Well, geez, I didn't realize my tires were getting that thin. Yep. So now you prevent it a blowout or a problem. Worse yet, your wife goes somewhere. <laughs> Has a flat and Has calls flat. you. And calls you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's going to yeah, call you, you all that. right. <laughs> you don't want that. I hate when that happens. If there's a vehicle in the family, that's the one to keep up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Mama's getting the newest car anyway. Oh, yeah. That, that goes without saying. And that's the one that's going to get the best maintenance on it, at least in my family. So that's why I've been able to stay married as long as I have. There I you go. <laughs> Let's go back to our phone lines. Bill, good morning, Bill. Uh, good morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. Put you on the spot. All right, go ahead. If you had to buy a new truck right now, what would you do? I'd buy a Toyota Tundra. And if I didn't want anything that big, I'd get a Toyota Tacoma. Okay, a Tundra good enough for hauling a small camper? Oh, man, that Tundra. i tell you what. It will outdo. That's a beast. Yeah, it'll outdo an F-150. It'll outdo a 1500 Chevy for just, by a wide just margin. Be prepared when you go drive it. Yeah. yeah. It's bigger than anything you've driven before. That truck, oh, yeah. that it's truck much has bigger. A, I want to say it has a towing capacity around 10,000 pounds. Something like that. And that's probably conservative on that vehicle. I think it's built like a F-350. I think it's actually built like a three-quarter ton, it but is. their label is a half ton. Oh, yeah. It's a big truck, It's man. a moose. Now, the it's gas mileage isn't great. Okay, is the quality still there? Oh, yeah. American-made now? Oh, yeah. It's good quality. At least it's good. It's better than anything else we've seen. say. We, we, right. we work on them a whole lot less than we work on anything else. All right. Particularly on the new stuff. Now, if you just if you don't want a new truck and you want it, if you buy like a pre-2006 Chevrolet, is a pretty decent vehicle. Ford, I'd say somewhere around that, maybe even a little bit earlier. I wouldn't buy yeah. anything much later than that, though. Okay, but, well, the problem with those is most of them are over 100,000 miles. That's true. Well, look, I appreciate it. I, I love do. the show, man. All right, thank man, you. thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. We're going to take one last quick little break, and we'll be right back with more. So, Tina, are you interested in shopping next weekend? Oh, well, me and Harold leave for our European cruise on Friday. Another cruise? What? Are you all blowing the kids' inheritance? (laughs) No, we're just smart with our money. Like, our cars are paid off, and we're big on preventative maintenance. Harold takes them in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They check everything out and perform maintenance on what we need to keep the cars running right. You'd be surprised on how fast you can save for a cruise without two car notes. (laughs) Wow, I never thought of that. I have time to do a little shopping this afternoon, though. I've got to get Harold a bathing suit. He keeps saying he wants one of those tiny Speedo suits because that's what everybody wears in Europe, and I cannot let that happen. Okay, now I have an image of Harold strutting around the pool in a Speedo. I think I'm going to book a general inspection from Agco to clear my mind. He wanted hot pink, too. (laughs) Tina, stop. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Altazan, president of Agco Automotive. I got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and just give us a call? we still got plenty of time left. 
put you right at the top of the list. Give us a call. We'll try to help you out and point you in the right direction. Just in case you don't get a chance to call in, something occurred to you during the week. That's right. You can always get your questions answered on the website. And the address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Easy way to remember that's Altazan's Garage Company. There's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night. Or There's three databases. Most likely find your answer right there. If you go to vehicle questions, there's about 825 of those in there right now. So you may very well find an answer right there. You can also go to detailed topics, which gives you a lot more information on a particular topic. And that's going to give you like I said, just, just a whole lot more in-depth on specific things. Right. And when you use the search bar... The least amount of information will right. get you the most amount right. of information. A single word is best. For instance, if you're looking for something on oil, just type in the word oil. oil. Don't put oil change on a 2008 exactly. Tahoe because it's not going to find all those words in the article. So the best thing to do is to just type in like the word oil. Or if you want something on synthetic oil, just type the word synthetic. synthetic. Yeah, a single word is going to find you a whole lot more responses. And then you can cull out what you... Exactly. When you go on something like Google, I mean, you can type a whole bunch of stuff in there because it's looking at literally billions, if not trillions, of pieces of information. But when you're on a a local website like that, I want to say there's 386,000 words of text in that site, which is pretty big. But when you compare that to trillions of words on the (laughs) Internet, it's not going to find a gajillion thing. So a single word is going to get you a whole lot more information. And if you don't find it with the first word, try a couple of different ones because – Again, you're talking about a limited amount of information. Although it is a vast amount, it is limited, comparatively speaking, to the Internet. Right. So that's the way to find what you're looking for. Another thing on there, if you register on the site, that is free. And what that does, that just proves you're a real, living, breathing human being and not a spam bot. And that gives you additional rights and additional accesses on the site. For instance, a lot of times, at least probably once a week, people say, where can I get a copy of your show from yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Well, if you are a registered user, when you go to the archive, it's where you download the site. If you're not registered, you only see the current show. If you are registered, it's going to bring up a list of all the shows all the way back to the first of the year. So and you can download any one of those. You so, can access more information being registered. Yeah, and unfortunately for those who aren't registered, they never even see it. Because exactly. It just doesn't you appear. don't know it's there. Right. It's there, but you just can't see it because you're not registered user. And the reason we do that is because it's allowing you access into our database and if a a virus or a spam bot came along they can get in there and do some havoc so what registering does it just you go on you tell it your email address it's going to send you an email back and Uh you're going to acknowledge yes i did receive this and yes i do want to do this so a machine would have a lot of trouble doing that right it just it what it does is it weeds out the machines from the human beings. So it makes sure you are a real, live, breathing human being. You are who you say you are. That's right. And that way, it'll give you access to other information. A few of the other things it does, for instance, if you go to her newsletter, uh-huh. anybody can download the current newsletter. However, if you are a registered user, you can go to the to archive archives. and get past newsletters. Mm-hmm. You can bring up some of our radio commercials if you want to hear something or hear one of the old commercials. You right. get an archive of all those. There's several, several, several things like that that being registered affords you more privileges on the site. Right. Another thing it allows you to do is attach things to an email that you send in to me. I've had folks want to send me a picture of some type of damage on their car, and if they just go to the regular contact bar, it won't let you do that. Okay. Simply because you can attach a virus if you were a spam bot. Right. But if you are a registered user, it will allow you to attach things and, and send them in. So 
something that's free and it's, it's good to use. If you want to go in there and register, it'll just give you more privileges on the site. Of course, if you don't want to, it's no big deal. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. One other thing, too, is that there is also registering for our newsletter, which will be coming out in about 15 days. When you register on the site, it does not automatically register for the newsletter. That is a separate registration. Exactly. Reason being, I figured some people may want to register on the site and not get a newsletter. Correct. And some people may want to get a newsletter and not be registered on the site. So we made it two separate things. Very similar process, but you can register for a newsletter or you can register on the site. Uh Uh-huh. And just don't confuse the two. When you register on a site, you won't automatically get a newsletter unless you ask for it. Right. And, and then you, you can unsubscribe exactly. at any time. You just hit unsubscribe. It takes you off the list. Takes you off. That's it. And one good thing about our site is you don't ever, ever, ever have to worry about getting unsolicited emails or sending you junk or using your name That's or right. selling we're, your name. We're not going to try to say anything. We're not going to keep your email address. Right. All of that goes into a, a special place that right. we don't even access. Well, it's in a secured SQL database. I don't even have access to it. I don't know what's in there. It's just when you subscribe, it puts you in there and starts uh-huh. sending it to you. When you unsubscribe, it automatically takes you, takes you out. And beyond that, I really don't know or care where it's Exactly. <laughs> but it's in a secured area where nobody can get to it, not even me. So, But that's just a couple things you can do on that site. Tons and tons of other things. I think you'll really have a good time. You go in there and look around at some fun sections where you can go in there and register and play a little Agco auto game. Win a free Agco t-shirt. t-shirt. Mm-hmm. There you go. Lots of folks will do that. Probably send a couple of those out a week. And just piles and piles and piles of things. Sites really change. If you hadn't been on there anytime mm-hmm. recently, you might want to go on there and look around. Because, like I say, it changes practically every day. I add or update something on it. And there is some things on there you can buy if you want. You know, right. We, we a have shopping a, cart. We have some well, you, really nice air gauges on the there. air pressure gauge. We started using those in the shop just because we had a tremendous amount of trouble finding an air pressure gauge that met our standards. We used to build our own, which worked out fine, except they were a little fragile and they were kind of hard to build. So these were kind of an answer to a prayer for us. That's right. And we were so impressed by it, I went ahead and became a distributor for the company that makes them in England, and we import those. There's no one else in the United States that has those. We're a direct importer from England, so we keep three or four cases of them on hand and if you want that, you're more than welcome to buy it. We'll ship it to you. We sell them at a reasonable price. And if you, you don't can, want it, then that's fine. Just that's right. click the back button. <laughs> <laughs> Not can, trying to push anything on anybody. Just trying to make something that we really believe in available to other folks. Right. Really good air pressure gauge is a joy to use. If you hadn't ever had a, a really high-end, high-quality air pressure gauge, yeah, it is just so nice. Lots of folks who buy them have sports cars and stuff. They're really concerned. But, I mean, like, the gentleman who just called talking about a Chevy pickup, the 2010 Chevy pickup has 20-inch tires on it. That's right. Those are about three and a half a copy. <laughs> so you might want to make sure they last as long as you possibly can, which starts out by having the right amount of air in the tire. Exactly. So anyway, www.agcoauto.com. Pop on there, see what you think. I think you'll really like it. And we got David online. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning, guys. Yes, sir. Good morning. Two things real quick. Sure. One, you yeah, had called about an Isuzu Rodeo with squeaky belts stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get it to go away. And you told me to go to the dealer and get right. the belts there. Mm-hmm. I put them on. It got real quiet. Okay. It was running great, and then somebody KO'd the car. Oh, oh man. man. Now, that could have happened before you went to all that trouble. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, huh? Yeah, I'd have saved a hundred and something bucks. That's but right. Anyway, <laughs> the second thing is, uh, uh, seems like a little while ago where everybody was talking about putting nitrogen in your tires. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Is that something that's kind of gone away? Snake oil. Nothing but snake oil. In fact, David, go on my website, type in the word nitrogen in the search bar, and you can see a big old article on that topic. Uh, That's just something for people to sell you, man. you got to remember, regular air that we're breathing is 80% nitrogen already. 
Right. So you're talking 20% oxygen at best, and their contention is that oxygen molecules are smaller than nitrogen molecules, so they leak out of the tire, whereas mm -hmm. nitrogen doesn't. So right. what I said, okay, great, I'll just put regular air. When all the oxygen leaks out, I'll have nitrogen anyway. <laughs> they didn't know how to answer that so yeah. they, they hate when you hit them with logic right. but uh, yeah no that's just something to say you man all of the claims they make are based on comparing a fully inflated nitrogen tire to an under inflated air tire they uh, never, it, there's no comparison between a fully inflated nitrogen and a fully inflated air tire because there is no difference Oop, I believe we lost him I'm sorry just call me back if you have any other questions on that hey, going back to our phone lines we've got, we've got Mr. Bruce on the line good morning Bruce Good morning. Just, Good morning, uh, sir. Wanted to ask you about why are they increasing the size of tires on pickup trucks and cars? Because it sells vehicles. It looks cool, man. Yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> See, all the guys out there with the custom cars and all, every so often they get a, this wild fad. Years ago, remember those big old wide white walls on the tires? Oh, yeah. That yep. went away, then it went to raised white letters, then it went to Liberty short, short, short tires. And whatever is out there that's popular, then the car makers respond because they think people are going to buy that. And, I mean, they are so desperate right now, they'll put anything on a car they think will sell a car. That is probably one of the stupidest things they've done in the last 10 or 20 years just because those great big tires, not only do they cost an arm and a leg, they don't ride as good as a regular tire. They wear out faster than a regular tire. They're hard to mount. They're hard to balance. Got to so, have a special machine to get them Yeah, we, we just, we just bought a $10,000 tire mount machine to mount them just because the knuckleheads are going to put it on there anyway. But right. Well, not only that, the, the wheels are very expensive. Oh, yeah, everything on it is. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's like everything else. All these gadgets and gizmos they stick on here, they don't ask anybody about it. You don't have a choice. They just put them on there. And somebody has to pay for all that junk when it starts to break. And you can't buy a vehicle without it. I mean, you can't only get a car without it anymore. You know? Yeah, my truck has 17s. Yeah, well, those are still cars. halfway reasonable. But, but those things are like like a shotgun. Oh, yeah. Every now and then they come out with a longer shell and try to make you believe you need that. <laughs> That's it. And a lot of people believe oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, those blasted things are about 300 bucks a tire. When you go buy it, I don't know what was wrong with those $100 15-inch tires that we used for about a million years, you know, before they come out with this junk. Well, those, those 17s are about 150 a piece. Oh, easy. Easy. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. I part of the automotive hour. We'd love to have you. They're just putting more and more and more gadgets and bells and whistles on cars to try to get them to sell. And what it is, a lot of folks tend to think short-sighted, and big business really think short-sighted. Right. They're not looking past next quarter's profits. And if they can put this junk on a car and it makes it sell, that's all they're worried about. They really don't care what happens to you 100,000 miles down the road when all this junk starts breaking and you can't afford to get it all fixed. Oh, they're hoping you go buy another one. That's right. That's what they want. We had a young fella in the shop this week who bought a Ford Expedition. Uh -huh. and it was an Eddie Bauer edition, four-wheel drive, loaded up, air suspension, and... I really kind of felt sorry for the young man because he's trying to make it. He's trying to, he says, man, I had no idea. I thought this was a truck. Right. He's like, I got a pretty good buy on the truck, but I didn't know about all this stuff. Well, now the air suspension's going out in it. $1,800 later. Exactly. To, to get, he says, man, I had no idea. And like I said, I really kind of felt sorry. He's a super nice young man, but he just doesn't know. And what I advised him, I said, you know, next time around, what you need to do is go to one of our auto awareness classes, and we kind of touch on some of these things. Right. But when you buy a car that originally cost $60,000. There's a reason new, it cost $60,000. Right. It was a lot of gadgets and gizmos that got the price up to there. Now, yeah, true, you bought the car for 
12000 but when you start fixing it, it kind of reverts back to that $60,000 range. Exactly. <laughs> so it costs you just a whole, whole bunch of money, something you really want to watch out for. Well, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. I want to thank everybody for listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. We'd like to thank our pod listeners for listening every week. Right. Keep on listening. And refer as many other folks as you can. That's it. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend. Thank you.